Good morning. I want to thank everyone for coming out, for uh, helping us remember Bob. He was my father, husband, uh, Norma, and uh, great-granddad, too. Three things I remember about my father. He was my hero, and uh, he's the toughest man I've ever known. He had these great big forearms. It's the first thing I remember. He used to say it was from a load of apple crates up in Washington State, and uh, I also know that he used to drive a fuel truck up to the lumberjacks. So he was a tough man. Um, he would go out in the yard and work all day. He loved his roses, and he would come in from cleaning brush out, and Mom would always say, Bob, don't bleed on the carpet. <laughs> he didn't even know his legs were bleeding. And he was, he was a pretty tough dad, too, but it was, uh, was well-deserved, trust me. I, I earned all of, all of it. Um, he had some great lines. Uh, you going to sit there and look at that shovel or talk it to death? He also had one that was, uh, he used to use, like to use with me a lot called Talks Cheap and Takes Money to Buy Whiskey. <laughs> and uh, it's probably no surprise that that's why I'm in broadcasting now. So, um, But I'll also tell you that um, Dad was very giving. And he always seemed to have a project or some volunteering going on. Um, when I was in high school and didn't want anything to do with my parents. Uh, I was wanting to think I was raised by wolves. But um, Dad uh, worked with the Booster Club, and they actually uh, brought in all of the new seating for our football stadium. And, uh, you know, I, know, I don't think I ever thanked him for that, but I know all the parents were very appreciative that uh, we had new bleachers. And... Uh, you know, later in life, he was very involved in Lions Club. He was very involved in uh, shore cleanup, Lake Lanier. And uh, he loved being on the lake. Uh, it was a, that was a, a very great time in his life with his, with his wife. And uh, I know he was very happy up there. Uh, and he was always working, too. He was always working. Um, and the last thing I remember my dad uh, is he was a very humble man. And in humility, I don't mean just not taking credit for things. I mean, he was also a big enough man to share his mistakes with me. That takes a lot. For a father to tell his son about his misgivings, his mistakes, and to help him learn from that. And I hope to be able to carry that to my girls. Thank you. Excuse me. Sorry for my very white voice today. But Bob was tough, and he would say, what, a little cold's going to stop you? Another saying of Bob's, a sense of urgency, a sign that sat in his office for years. You can read into that. Becky remembers him saying, be realistic. I got a taste of that realistic um, myself when I went to 
talk to Bob and Norman, say, you know, I'm going to ask Becky to marry. I hope she says yes, certainly, but I also hope you guys are okay with that. And we talked for a while, and at one point Bob said, you do know that Becky's a very strong and independent person, and typically what she wants, she gets, right? You're clear about that, right? <laughs> and I thought, well, she's Bob Ferguson's daughter. Of course that's the way it would be. And that's one of the things I loved about Bob was that it didn't matter that Becky was a girl or Jeff was a boy. He raised them both the same, to be independent, to be strong, to pursue what they wanted to pursue in their life. Bob was one of those persons who saw how life evolved. He started with Ford, Lincoln, Mercury in the 50s and worked through the 90s with that same company, watched evolutions and realized that people had to adapt if you were going to make life work and raised his kids to evolve and adapt and have the tools that they needed both emotionally and educationally. It was incredibly important for him. Now, Becky and I have joked on many occasions that when the Fergusons and the Donatellis get together, it's kind of like my big fat Greek wedding, that you've got the Scottish-English Fergusons and the Italian Donatellis who are kind of like this group of um, Labrador puppies who kind of fall all over each other and slobber all over you. The Fergusons show a little bit more mannerly graciousness than we do. And Bob certainly was able to show emotion when he needed to. And Becky recalls a time in high school when Bob, realizing all the things that were available to young people in the late 60s and early 70s and the stuff that she was around, we'll just say. There's a crew of women here from high school that will, they'll tell you some of the stories later. But Becky remembers Bob holding her very tight one night and saying, I am not going to lose you. I had another experience of Bob not wanting to lose Becky. Um, it was at our wedding. <laughs> yeah. Marietta Methodist Church, if you've ever been there, has this enormously long aisle. And those of you who were there might remember, Bob set the world record for slowest walk by a father. <laughs> I mean, literally, we're like, if you want to tell me something, Bob, a couple of months ago would have been a lot better, thank you. But as I think back on that and his ability to adapt and evolve, I realized that night he was probably realizing that some things are harder to adapt to than others. But he did adapt. There's a picture that you will see in the uh, library. It's a picture of Jeff and his dad and some other guys some days before Jeff and Amy got married. And you see Bob sharing that moment with his son, and you can just see the pride that he has in Jeff, and this moment, and this ability to be with his kids as they were entering these chapters of their life. He did adapt, he did evolve, and that also involved you granddaughters. There was no bigger smile on Bob Ferguson's face than being on the boat at the lake with his four granddaughters. Nirvana. Bad grandpa jokes. Ask the girls what Euripides means. Grilling out dinners in the birdcage. Now these past years were a journey for Bob and for Norma and for this family. 
We don't need to romanticize about dementia and the obscenity that it really is, what it steals. But as I think about these last years of the journey, as I think about all of you who have been around this family, who have shared love and support and care on this part of the journey, as I think about what it takes, the kind of community it takes to walk any chapter of life, um, I think about when Bob Ferguson ran the New York Marathon in his mid-50s. And Bob, well, before I get into the community comparison, a little sidebar about Bob, Bob was one of the most meticulous persons you would ever know. And when he got ready to run this New York Marathon, he was meticulous. Months of planning, months of what days you run, how far, getting ready, getting prepared, including during the race, how he would have at the beginning of the race some things, mid-race, end-race. And at the beginning of the race, Bob had with him this little baggie of stuff like some energy snacks. Um, he had some Advil, you know, get ahead of the game. And when they said, you know, five minutes to race time, he had that last thing for his energy. He pulled out a cigarette and began smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Which tells you pretty much all you need to know about Bob Ferguson. <laughs> all these runners like, what the? Bob said, I told him it helps my nerves. Now, let me get back to the story about community and, and running the race and, and, and chapters of life. Um, before Bob had said we had talked, Becky and I got to go with him there, and he said, would you run the last three miles with me because I'm guessing I'm going to be pretty tired and could use some distraction and some moral support. And I thought, the last three, yeah, I can do that. And when we met up somewhere outside of Central Park, I'm glad I didn't have EMT training because I might have thought, let's stop right here. He looked so tired, and his body was just hunched over, and his back and his face, and I realized there wasn't going to be a lot of conversation. And I didn't know how he was moving. So I just kind of said some things, and, and we began running. But what was taking place also at that time was the crowds on the streets of New York City and continuing into Central Park. I mean, anything you hear about New Yorkers, my brother who lives there, tough New York, they were like Midwesterners that day. These people just cheering and cheering the runners as they came by and, and saying specific things about them. They, you know, something they were wearing, and Bob happened to be wearing this University of Georgia running shirt. And they would shout, come on, Georgia. You can do it, Georgia. Come on, man. And as they were shouting, I started to watch this literal physical transformation take place where somehow his back began to straighten up, his head began to lift up. This face that just was like ashen and down began to even crack a bit of a smile. Hey, Georgia, you're doing great, Georgia. And I don't know where he found that adrenaline, that last little bit, but all of a sudden his, his stride just got a little bit more rhythmic and, and it was almost as if as the cheers were going on, you could see him just kind of being carried by this group. Come on, Georgia. You can do it, Georgia. And so amid all the cramps and the interior battle that had to be going on to his brain about do I keep going or do I stop, amid all of that, he finished. We heard Jesus today say, I lose nothing that is given me. And I raise it all up on the last day. Nothing is lost. 
And on that day, that crowd was not going to lose Georgia. That crowd was carrying Georgia to the finish. And they did. With the community, with the crowd, he found his way. Now, we don't get to choose a lot of what life brings. And some parts are incredibly painful and they make no sense. I don't care what equation you slap on them. And there are other parts of life, like your granddaughters in the boat, that are so beautiful your body literally tingles. You know it. And it's all mixed together. We don't get to pick and choose. It's all a part of it. And be it the journey of dementia or any other chapter of life, the beautiful chapters, the tough chapters, like that race, we find our way together.